Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at MyBookie. Make sure, guys, get that new account set up today at MyBookie.ag and go ahead and start laying down those college ball bets, those win total bets right now. you got a couple of weeks left before the season starts. There is money to be made and there's no better place to do it than my bookie. So sign up for a new account. If you are a new user, use the promo code UGA and you will get a 50% deposit bonus on that very first deposit up to $1,000. So take advantage of it now while you can and bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, guys, you know who I am. I am Tyler and you thought this day would never come. I thought maybe it would never come, but here we are. She is back from her grand tour of the world and is making her triumphant return to the podcast today. So please, everyone, join me in welcoming back the star of the podcast who has been missing action for the better part of four or five months, but she's back today. Please welcome back once again, my co-host, Charlie. I don't appreciate the sarcasm. Okay, first off, how dare you? I have been here grinding, holding down the fort while you have just been gallivanting around the world doing God knows what, who knows what. I hope you've been having a great time, but you've just been left me alone. And you come in here and you tell me that you don't appreciate this. How dare you? I have offered many times well, to help you record. It's tough to offer when you're not in town. You don't have to be physically present to do a podcast. No, you don't, but you also don't travel with the necessary equipment to make it sound like something our listeners would actually want to listen to. I don't want to subject them to that. I, I, I care about our listeners, Charlie. I told you that I would make arrangements. You just didn't take me up on my offer, so that is your fault. Or, or al- alternate theory... I was just being a great guy and letting you enjoy your time off. Maybe that was possibly what's going on too. Maybe the sarcasm. And I was just, I was just taking one for the team. The sarcasm would make one think differently. How dare you? Again, sarcasm? Never. 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 Not this guy. But no, for real. It's awesome having you back on the show. It's always a better show when you're on it, Charlie. And you're gonna be with us through the season again, right? Doing the pick shows, maybe mailbag episodes once again. Hopefully, possibly, maybe. Yes, I've been okay, offering. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. I got it. I got the point. Charlie would be back. She's back today, making her triumphant return, but she would be back for many more episodes as we get closer and closer to the season and obviously through the season. Have you done your helmet schedule yet, Charlie? Because we got like two weeks before we got to do our season pick show. Yes, I've done it. You're, you're ready to roll? Yes. Like everything's ready. You got yeah. this. Who's winning the national championship? Oh, I haven't thought about that. I forgot about that. Charlie, Charlie, that's a trick question. I did. It's obviously the Georgia Bulldogs. How dare you? Oh my God, you're rusty. I forgot I'm supposed to do the playoff I have to get you back in shape, Charlie. I forgot I'm supposed to do the playoff It's just a foregone conclusion, right? At this point, we're just rolling. Dog Dynasty. Three-peat. It's happening. Let's go. We'll see. 
Okay, I guess I gotta we'll, think about it we'll save that for a couple of weeks from now. But it's great to have you back. But today, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. With one full week and change of fall camp in the books, we've got a lot to recap, a lot to talk about. There's honestly usually not as much info coming out of the first week or so of camp because, I mean, we have to go through the acclimation period where we are in shells and doing all that stuff, helmets, shorts, all that stuff. And then eventually, we get to put pads on, which is when you really start finding out who is ready to play. So we've only had a few. I mean, a couple, I think it's four now, maybe five practices and pads. But we did have our first scrimmage of the fall on Saturday. We got plenty of info from that on top of a few nuggets I've been able to glean here and there leading up to that. So Charlie, I'm going to let you take this from here. Uh, you're going to guide the ship. Where are we starting? All right. Well, everyone wants to know about the quarterback, so we can start there. On the surface, it's still a three-man battle. Ish. <laughs> I mean, Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton. Kirby still has not announced the starter, but continuing the trend from the spring, Carson Beck is still getting the majority of the reps with the number one offense. Uh, Kirby is still giving lip service to this being a battle, but how much of the competition do you really think this is? Do you really think this is a competition? I do not. No. This is this is Carson Beck's team. I don't know if you want to call it Carson Beck's team, but you typically say that about quarterbacks, but it's going to be Carson Beck, guys. So at the scrimmage on Saturday... I mean, I wasn't counting every snap, but got roughly 75-ish plus percent of the snaps with the number one offense, and that kind of goes, that kind of builds off what we saw during G-Day, right? I mean, he got, I know that obviously Brock got a lot of snaps with the number one offense in the second half of the spring game, but it was exclusively Carson in the first half. That was a sign right there, and what we saw on Saturday at the scrimmage and kind of what I've heard coming out of practice, out of camp, all signs are pointed. This is Carson Beck's team. He is the starting quarterback unless something crazy happens. Now, if he just starts turning the ball over like a madman, that is what's going to give Gunnar Stockton and Brock Vandergriff a shot to kind of get back into this competition and make it more of a realistic competition for the QB1 job. But we've gone through one scrimmage. Carson wasn't the best version of Carson we've ever seen, but he was he was good. He was good. It was took a little while to warm up. Then he was kind of rolling like he was after that, it was more or less like what we saw during G-Day. He did miss a couple throws. I got to be honest, missed a couple throws. There was one to Arian Smith in particular where he was open, fairly wide open, a deep ball down the field, and, and Carson just missed him. It happens sometimes. You got to hit the layups, but it happens every now and then. But he really settled in pretty quickly, and he was really good and really in control the rest of the scrimmage. So to me, this is not really a competition over the QB once, but I do think it's a competition, but it's more so a competition in my mind over the QB2 spot. Who is going to be one snap away from being the starting quarterback for this Georgia Bulldogs football team? And that battle is still very much going on. Both Gunnar Stockton and Brock Vinegrath have had their moments. They've done some good things and they've done some like shake your head, what are you possibly thinking kind of things. But here's the good thing. Both of those guys, Vandergriff and Stockton, have shown the ability to be playmakers. They can absolutely make plays for us. It's really going to come down to it. And Kirby talks about this virtually every single time the quarterback question gets brought up in a press conference, like he did in the post-scrimmage press conference on Saturday. He's talking very clearly about how it's going to be who can protect the football, who is not going to put us in bad situations. When you have the playmakers that we have, they have the defense that we have, you don't want to put our team in bad situations and set up easy scores for your opponent. That's how you lose football games. That's how teams come into Athens and upset you or you get upset on the road. That's how those things happen. So 
both those guys can make plays. I think it's going to come down to who finds more consistency and who is protecting the football, who do the coaches trust more when the decision is ultimately made on who's going to be that number two guy that's going to be one snap away from being our starting quarterback. Right now, based off what I've seen and heard, I do think that Vanegrift still has an edge there. But Gunner is coming on. Gunner is starting to do some really good things. He's always been talented. He's always had those kind of wow plays. He was just kind of trying to catch up, get up to speed, learn the offense, and just get comfortable reading defenses, all those things that quarterbacks have to do at this level. And he started to make strides there. And it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks. We have one more scrimmage cup on Saturday, or this coming Saturday, and then we'll have a third scrimmage, which is really more of kind of a walkthrough for the first game. But I mean, it's still kind of technically-ish a scrimmage. So a couple more weeks here. I still think that Vandergriff ultimately will hold him off and be the number two guy, but I'm not going to count Gunner completely out of this competition for the number two spot. Okay, well, let's stay with the offense and go to the running backs position where the injury situation is past the point of ridiculousness. It's not pretty right now. It's not pretty. All right, so sophomore Branson Robinson is still out with the injury he suffered during spring practice. Then you have Kendall Milton, who missed most of the spring, then got healthy for the summer, only to aggravate his hamstring once again. God bless him. God bless him. Have you ever dealt with a hamstring injury, Charlie? No. Have you ever dealt with any soft tissue injury like that? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, good for you. It's tough. Like, I, I never wants to kill Kendall. I mean, when you have a soft tissue injury like that, no matter how much you rehab it, it's always just one wrong move away from coming back, and that seems to be what's happened here. Well, if all of the running backs were healthy, those two were probably going to be the top two backs going into the season. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, Safe to say, agree. yeah. All right, Andrew Paul is still not 100% coming off of his ACL injury. So how concerned are you about the situation at running back right now coming out of the first scrimmage for the fall great question charlie i do think this is a question a lot of people seem to be very concerned about the running back position right now and all the injuries and i get it like you're right charlie i mean i do think it's fair to say that branson robinson and kendall milton if everyone was healthy everything being equal were probably going to be our top two backs coming this season i think you're right there uh branson i think was the number one guy and he got a lot of reps through most of the spring as kendall was banged up dejan edwards was banged up andrew paul wasn't really practicing at all because he's come back from his acl so he got the vast majority of those reps and then he himself gets hurt late in in spring practice and now he's still fighting it back he's doing some stuff on the side but he's not fully cleared to go out there and go through uh, a full scrimmage he's doing some like individual work and he's doing some like drill work but he's not doing like the contact stuff like he just, he just hasn't been fully cleared for that so I'm hopeful that he will be sooner rather than later he's making strides I mean what you're seeing him do that he's on he's in the process of getting back to that point where he's gonna be fully clear but right now he's not and I will see I, I don't know so when you had who everyone thought were gonna be probably our top two backs from the season both out of commission right now it is going to bring up some concerns for a lot of people in the fan base. And I do get that, but I'm not one of those people that is really concerned about the running backs pockets because number one, both of those guys are going to be back at some point early in the season. I mean, Kendall will probably get cleared before fall camp is up. Branson, I'm not as confident on that. We'll kind of, kind of have to play that by ear, but we've said this a couple of times throughout the summer. We have a little bit of breathing room with the way the schedule sets up. You know, I would love to play in Oklahoma Week 2. I think that would be a lot of fun, and I would be all about that. But it also allows guys like Branson Robinson and Kendall Milton a little bit more time to get healthy. Smile Mond, another guy, an inside linebacker, allow those guys a little bit healthier and kind of get their feet under them before we go into SEC play, which starts September 16th against South Carolina Week 3. So I do think both those guys will be back relatively early in the season, if not before the season. 
But even if they're not, I, I still feel good about the guys that we have behind them. Dejan Edwards, who I know is not like the prototype running back. He's not the biggest, not the fastest, not the strongest. But I said it all last season. I'll say it again right now. The dude just makes plays. He just goes out there and produces. That's what the man does. So I, it's kind of like Stetson Bennett. I know he doesn't look the part, but he produces. At some point, we're just going to have to trust what we see, right? So I'm comfortable with him back there. He's played a lot of big snaps for us. I really like Andrew Paul. I like. I loved him coming out of high school. Now, obviously, the knee injury coming off the ACL, he's not 100% right now. I mean, based off what I, I mean, I've heard and seen, I don't know, but it's just throwing out a number arbitrarily. 85% maybe, something around there. He's not what he what I saw from him coming out of high school. But he's getting closer to that point. He actually catches the ball better in the backfield than I anticipated he would, which is kind of a surprise for me. So I, he's going to just get better and better and better and healthier and healthier and healthier. And if he's not 100%, he's going to be a good quality bat for us, a good quality option. And the other guy to watch out for here is Roger Robinson, the true freshman out of California. This guy's a different type of back. He's big, he's strong, he's physical. He's not the quickest guy in the world, but he's got some deceptive speed, like straight line speed. I think he's got pretty good feet, but I mean, he's a guy that would just run through some arm tackles. So, uh, you know, getting a, getting back to the idea of like physical downhill Georgia rushing attack, Roger Robinson absolutely gives us that. He fits that bill. So I'm excited about what he can give us. And people are sleeping on him, man. Do not sleep on Cash Jones, okay? Do not. I know when you see what he did in spring practice, you're like, okay, well, you know, every spring there's always that guy or two guys who make a lot of plays in the spring game. They just are never heard of, never heard from ever again. And so maybe maybe that guy was going to be Cash Jones or Makai Muse at receiver. I'm telling you guys, Cash Jones is going to play. He is going to have a role in this team probably as our third down back, as a guy that we want to get the ball in the backfield in the pass game, because we don't really have any other running backs that kind of fit that mold the way that Kenny McIntosh did, the way that James Cook did, the way that DeAndre Swift did. And that has become a pretty big part of our passing game, guys. So I think Cash Jones is going to to factor into the running back rotation. And guys, I mean, let's go back to the spring game. I know it's just a spring game. That guy was taking snaps with the number one offense against the number one defense, guys. And our number one defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the country. And he was stacking up just fine against those guys. And if you can play against our number one defense, you can play against any defense in America. Cash Jones is going to play for us. So I know he's the, you know, the walk-on, preferred walk-on. And people don't, you know, when you hear that, you just kind of like automatically dismiss the guy. Don't make that mistake. Don't dismiss Cash Jones. The guy's going to play and he's going to make plays for us all season long. All right, but if Robinson and Milton aren't ready by week one, what does the running back rotation look like? Now, that's a good question, Charlie. That is a very good question. I I don't know the answer to that right now. I, I, well, I would say Dejan Edwards would probably be the number one guy just based on his experience and the trust level the coaches have with him. And he's, he's a senior now, so he's going to probably get that nod if Branson and Kendall are not full go and not clear for the game one, or, or even if we're just kind of being precautious with them and holding them out. So I'd say he probably get the start there, almost certainly get the start there, but I don't know if he would see the majority of the carries. I think you'd see a very nice even split between the guys like him, Roger Robinson, and, and again, even Andrew Paul. I think Cash Jones will get some looks and carries, but again, I think he's more of a third down guy. I mean, Cash is a smaller guy, I will admit that, so I don't know if he's going to consistently hold up uh, as a as a full-time back for us, a guy that's going to be in there first, second down, just kind of run the ball between the tackles. I'm not saying he can't do it. I just don't know if you want him to take those kind of shots with that stature on a consistent basis. So I'm going to go Dejan, and let's go 
Roderick Robinson here as the number two guy. It's not that I necessarily think he's a better long-term running back than Andrew Paul, because I don't necessarily know if that's the case. He's just 100% right now. He's like the one constant who's just not been injured at all, knock on wood, going back through spring practice, the early parts of fall camp. Basically, everyone else has been dinged up at some point. He's the only scholarship running back that has not dealt with any of that. So I think that's helped his development, and I think he's going to get a lot of carries. And he's a really nice compliment if Dejan Edwards is going to be the starter to open the, open the season if the other guys aren't healthy. I think that... Roger Robinson would be a really nice compliment to him. So that's probably how I would project it to shape up. All right. Well, fortunately, the running backs will be running behind one of the best offensive lines in the country. But apparently it didn't seem that way on Saturday during the first scrimmage of the fall with the defensive line reportedly getting the better of the offensive line for most of the scrimmage. Yeah, that is is an accurate statement. So you can look at that one of two ways. What do you read into this? Okay, so I know, again, people like, oh, look, we all love Georgia football. Like, this means a lot to us. So when we hear things that aren't exactly glowing, like, we naturally get worried. I don't I don't blame anyone for that. But the way I read into it, Charlie, because you're right, I think there's two ways you can look at, look at this. Either, okay, oh, my God, the sky is falling, our offensive line, like, it's not as good as we thought it was, that was going to be one of the strengths of the team, or alternate theory, maybe the defensive line is just better than everyone anticipated it would be. And that's kind of where I'm reading. Now, maybe I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I don't know. Maybe I've turned the page of my life and I'm the eternal optimist instead of the eternal pessimist. Maybe. I don't know. Winning back-to-back national titles, it'll do that to a man. But I really like what we have in this defensive line. We do not have, as we've said many times, we do not have Jalen Carter. But I think a lot of people are just th- saying, all right, well, you lose Jalen Carter. So, I mean, you just can't be as dominant up front. I don't think that's the case. I think we have a lot of really good players. Here's one guy I'm telling you guys right now who is going to shock you this season. Warren Brinson. Warren Brinson is going to shock people. He played for us last year. He was a good player for us last year. He was a a good, solid role player. But this guy has taken his game to another level. I think he's going to be a big-time defensive lineman for us this year. He is going to bring a serious level of disruption to the interior of our defensive line. He kind of did that last year. My concern with him last year is he didn't hold up against the run as well because he wasn't he didn't have this the weight. Like he was, he's big-ish, but he's not like a huge dude on the interior defensive line. He's put on some good weight. He's he's added strength to his game. This is a guy that I think is going to be a big time player for us alongside Nazir Stackhouse, who was the most underrated player in our team last year, in my opinion. That guy was just so good for us. There's a reason he's a first preseason first team all SEC player. This guy's gonna be awesome. I think Nas is gonna be a top two, three round draft pick in the NFL draft next year. So those two guys, Zion Lowe is going to be in that rotation. He's going to do some good things for us now in his final year on campus. I really like what we have in, in the young freshman, Jordan Hall and Jamal Jarrett. Now that he got the best of those guys. I mean, it was hot, guys. Very hot. Extremely hot. Suffocatingly hot. Yeah, you said that you cut your grass like yesterday afternoon. Is that right? Very hot. Heat advisory. Heat advisory hot. Yes. And I, I've driven by when you're cutting your grass. Um, You do this in like winter clothing, essentially? Bugs. Bug bites. Yeah, I mean, I get it. So like, I, I, I would be worried about you. I mean, how did you not die out there? Because it was like, it, you're right, suffocatingly hot is the right way. I mean, I had, I ran... And I ran a little bit later than I should have, you know, a little tired, slept in a little bit. Actually, I was trying to avoid the the crush of of the sorority rush all down Millage. So I changed my route a little bit, ran a little bit later, trying to miss some of them, and I almost died. And I'm a, I don't want to say I'm, an, I'm not an expert runner, but I run a lot, and I, I'm kind of accustomed to the heat. But it was it was hot, and those guys clearly were not quite ready for that. They were kind of fading. But look, th- those guys are gonna be really good for us. I'm really high on Jordan Hall. I think he's a man right now. I mean, that dude physically can hold up on the interior. It's just a matter of like conditioning and just doing things consistently. 
and using the proper technique, playing with proper pad level, all those kind of things. Jonathan Jefferson's another guy that's going to give us some some depth there on the interior of our defensive line. So I think we have some really good players. Oh, Christian Miller, by the way, how can I forget this, forget this guy? I am so high on Christian Miller, guys. I'm telling this guy, I mean, I, I'm probably higher on Warren Brinson right now because he's got the experience, but Christian Miller is going to play for us this year too, guys, and he's going to make plays. He's going to be very disruptive, a lot like Warren Brinson. So I, I think we have a lot of guys, and we're going to rotate those guys liberally in and out of the lineup, keep them fresh in a way that we didn't always do with Jalen. Like, we did rotate Jalen in and out, but we tried to keep him on the field as much as possible because, I mean, usually he was the best player on the field, so you want to keep him on the field, right? But we're going to rotate, but he got tired. He would get tired at times. As you would see that, he would just be huffing and puffing, and then he would take plays off because he was just worn out. I don't think we're going to have that problem this year because we have so many guys that can play at a high level for us, and we're just going to keep rotating those guys in and out, keeping them fresh, and, and make them play. So I'm I'm excited about it. I know like, you would want the offensive line to dominate because that's what you expect. That's what, that's what the expectation is. But what's the flip side, guys? Like you're gonna be concerned about something. If the, if the word was the offensive line dominated, you're gonna be freaking about freaking out about the defensive line. I'd much rather the word be the offensive line just wasn't ready and they didn't have their best day because they've been great throughout the throughout the fall. Based on what I've been told, it wasn't their day on Saturday for most of the scrimmage. But they they did better when we got to like the, you know the the situational stuff and it was the third down goal line stuff. And I have no I have no question that our offensive line is gonna be very good, guys. We have four stars returning from the college football playoff. Ernest Green's almost certainly looks like gonna be our star at left tackle. I mean, Blasky, I don't want to completely count him out, but he's kind of been banged up a little bit, and Green has been playing really, really well. So I, I think our offensive line is going to be one of the best in the country. I, I said that last week when I was talking about the 10 reasons why I think Georgia can win a national championship again this year and pull off the three-peat, and I'm not backing off that just because of one scrimmage, one insanely hot day where the defensive line played really well. I, I think it's just a better sign of that the defensive line is not going to have that drop-off without Jalen Carr that maybe some people thought they would. But all right, Charlie, we're going to keep this thing rolling here in just a minute, but I do quickly want to remind everyone about our friends at MyBookie. Football season is back, guys, at least almost back. And that means winning season is also back at my bookie. Obviously, college football is where our focus is, but you got the NFL, Major League Baseball still going on, the Braves are having a heck of a season, and there's a brand new cash out system that my bookie is rolling out this season to give you more options to bet and win all season long. So if you're like me and you like to throw down a parlay or two every Saturday, well, let's say you win the first two legs of your parlays. Three-leg parlay, you win the first two legs. You got one leg remaining late late at night. Maybe it's the Pac-12 after dark, RIP, almost about to be RIP. But let's say you have that last leg and you're just on pins and needles. Am I going to win this? Am I going to lose it? No worries. Just cash out early and use the funds on another bet. Or you can let it ride. If you want to throw caution to the wind, let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Use that early cash out as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. It's simple to get started, guys. Very simple. Go to MyBookie.ag and register for an account completely for free. There's no charge to register. When you're ready to make that first deposit, just use our exclusive promo code UGA to grab a welcome bonus. 50% deposit bonus on that initial deposit, and that's on the house. Again, that's promo code UGA to claim your 50% deposit bonus, and for a limited time, also a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. All right, well, since you went with the defense there, we'll stick with that side of the ball. There's a major battle at quarterback. You know, Kamari Lasseter has one corner job, but he's been dealing with a sprained foot. 
Then there's Dalen Everett, Julian Humphrey, and Nylon Green, who are all fighting to replace Keely Ringo. With no Lassiter, it was Everett and Humphrey to open the scrimmage with the number one defense over the weekend. Yep. Uh, I know before camp started, you predicted it would be Everett that would win the job. Where are you now on that decision after a full week of camp? Yeah, I think it's still going to be Everett. You're right, Charlie. It was Everett and Humphrey that were out there first with the number one defense. But Green got some snaps there, too. It's really those three guys are still in this competition. I think Julian Humphrey is a fantastic athlete. I think he might be the best pure athlete of the three. Ever, I think, is more of the total package. I think he's a little bigger, a little thicker. I think he's a better tackler than Nylon Green or Julian Humphrey right now. And in our defense, that matters, especially now with how teams like to attack the perimeter with the now passes, the screen game, your little bubble screens. You've got to be able to attack blockers, number one, and number two, shed them, number three, make the tackle, make the play. I think Dan Everett is more equipped to do that right now than the other two. And he, let's, I, I keep going back to this, guys. He was the first corner off the bench last year as a true freshman. He has not a ton more experience than Green and Humphrey, but he does have a little bit more experience. And I do think ultimately it's going to be Kamari Laster. Now, he's been banged up himself. Right? He's been dealing with the foot sprain, as you mentioned, Charlie. But he'll be back. He's fine. He's getting close, at least from what I've been told. He's getting very, very close. And Kirby mentioned as much in his, in his post scrimmage press conference. So he'll be fine. I do think it's going to be him and Dalen Everett, but I also will throw this out there. I don't think it's like a, a home run done deal that's going to be Dalen Everett. He's still my pre, my prediction and projection. I think the other two guys, at least one of them, is going to rotate in with the one defense, especially the first two games of the year. Because like again, we're playing UT Martin and Ball State. Like We're going to win those football games, and we're going to be able to get a lot of guys some reps and some experience. And I think you'll probably see all three of them play with the number one defense at some point through the first two weeks, especially that first game against UT Martin. I mean, come on. But based off what I have been hearing and what, I, what I've seen, I would say Dalen Everett won, Julio Humphrey two, and probably Nylon Green three. But it's it's close. Like, I mean, guys, like from one practice to another, that, that could change. But right now, that's kind of where it stands at this point, at least in my opinion. But we have some more time. We have another full scrimmage, another couple of weeks of practice. And, and this is going to carry on most likely into the early parts of the season before we play South Carolina week three, which we need to have an answer at that position by that point. All right, well, this time of year, there's always a lot of curiosity and excitement about the incoming freshman class because everyone wants to see what these guys can do. We always get lots of very highly rated recruits. Obviously. So now, how can they... Yeah, I mean, people just like... We haven't seen these guys. We've seen them in, well, in high school, and they're all four and five stars. And there's all this hype around them. So it's like, oh my God, are they ready to be like the guy right now? And Well, how will they do when they're with the big boys, you know? Yeah. Uh, so what have you heard about the freshmen that might be making a push to earn playing time this year? There's a couple, man. Like there's actually, it's funny you ask that, Charlie, because I am planning an episode or a video, the next video we have for our YouTube channel, that is going to be about the top five freshmen I think will make an impact for the Georgia Bulldogs this season. And I'll give you guys a little preview of that right now. I, I mentioned one of them earlier, Roger Robinson. He's going to play. And it's really more of an opportunity thing with all the injuries there. And just like the running back, is that position is a physical position because you're taking a lot of shots, more so than really anyone else on the team. And guys get banged up. You've always got to have a bunch of scholarship running backs if you're going to be in the SEC because guys are going to get dinged up. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. So Roderick is going to play. And I don't know how much he'll play as the season progresses and other guys start to get healthy, but he's going to play early and probably often early in the year, in my opinion. So I think he's got to be one that you mentioned there. A guy that I'm absolutely in love with, who I think 
has a really strong chance to take a starting job by the end of the season. I don't think that he's going to come out of camp as a starter, but I think Janelle Aguero at the star position is the prototype for that spot in our defense. He is the body that we have always dreamed about. Like Years ago, you guys remember this name, right? D'Angelo Gibbs, right? D'Angelo Gibbs, one of the last players that we got out of Gwinnett County. We don't get many of them. Uh, but D'Angelo, out of Grayson High School, he was a really, really good DB in high school, and he kind of had the, the prototype size, length, physicality, but also athleticism that we look for in a star position. I, that was where ultimately he was probably going to end up playing for us. Obviously, it didn't work out, and he transfers out. I think he's transferred a couple different times to different schools now. I don't even exactly know where he is anymore, but I think Janelle Aguero is the best prototypical fit for that star position that we've had since D'Angelo Gibbs, and he is better than D'Angelo Gibbs. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's more athletic. That dude, I, I truly believe he's going to be a first-round guy in a couple of years. I truly do believe that. I think he could also play safety. I know there's been a lot of hand-wringing the past couple of weeks as we missed uh, we missed on K.J. Bolden, which that still hurts, that still sucks, and then we had a, a, a safety decommit with Woodyard last week, and a lot of people are like, man, what, like, what are we going to do at the safety position? Now, yeah, we got Malachi Starks and Devon Buller, but what after that? Janelle, absolutely could play safety, but I think he's a better fitted star, and I think we like to keep him there. I think we'll be able to. I like guys like Ja'Cory Thomas, uh, Justin Rett. Our coaches really like Justin Rett at safety, so we've got some guys. We're fine at safety. But speaking of rotating early in the year and getting opportunities to get up to speed, I think you're going to see Janelle Aguero get snaps with the number one defense the first week or two of the season. I really believe that. And then as he gets more and more comfortable in the system, I mean, Tyke Smith's a really good player. I do believe that, but I mean, Janelle's just, he's just a better fit, man. He's just a superior athlete. Like it just, it's that simple from a physical standpoint. He is vastly superior to Tyke Smith. He doesn't have the experience. That's what Tyke has on him. And that matters. It absolutely matters. But if Janelle can kind of make up ground when it comes to just knowing the defense and knowing what he's supposed to do by the time we get late in the season, I mean, he could be eating it into Tyke Smith snaps a lot by the end of the season. So I love him. Lawson Lucky's going to play for us. I don't know if he, he's going to be the number two tight end. I think Oscar Delves had a really strong start to his camp. I think he's going to be the number two tight end behind Brock Bowers. I mean, he's the odds-on favorite there. But Lucky's still going to play. I mean, we, we we play a lot of tight ends. We do a lot of 12 personnel. We're going to get Lucky in there and get him some opportunities to do some things and get some experiences. He's like When Brock leaves after this year, I mean, Lucky and Delp are going to be the two guys. I would say Lawson will probably play... play about as much as you saw Oscar Delp play last year. Delp was our number three tight end. Obviously, it was Brock and, and Darnell were the top two guys, far and away, no questions asked. But Delp got his opportunities. He got some time. And I think you're going to see that with Lucky, maybe even a little bit more this year, because I don't think that Delp is as entrenched in our lineup as Darnell Washington was. It's just a different kind of player. So I think Lucky might actually play a little bit more than what we saw from Oscar Delp last year. But I mean, he's I don't think he's going to be in our top two tight end group, but he'll, uh, he'll play. He'll play a good bit. And then we have the trio at outside linebacker. And I haven't really heard anything hard on any of those guys. Uh, basically, I've heard that they're all three coming along. And, and Pimba, Gabe Harris and Damon Wilson, those guys are all going to have their opportunities. Like that, there is opportunity at that spot. Now, the problem for them is that Marvin Jones Jr. is kind of coming on at that spot. And Darius Smith, Chaz Chambliss, those guys are going to play. So I don't know if there's going to be that much of a role, barring injury for those young guys. As talented as they are long-term, maybe they can start to turn on as we continue on through fall camp. But to this point, I have not heard anything about them directly to tell me that they are going to be like factors to, to really push to, to play some serious snaps for us at that outside linebacker jack position. And here's one more name to watch, Charlie. Real quick, I know we got to move on, but real quick, I want to throw this name out there because he did some good things on Saturday. And that's wide receiver Anthony Evans. 
This guy did a great job of getting open on Saturday. He was consistently open most of the day when he was out there. The problem was there were some drops, more than a couple drops from him. He wasn't the only one, but he had multiple drops on the day. But the dude can freaking fly, guys. I mean, he's a small guy. He's very small. He's like 165 pounds, like soaking wet. I mean, he is a small guy. He's like 5'10", 5'11", 165 pounds. But he is a track guy. He is an Arian Smith-level track guy. Arian, I know, is very fast. Arian might be faster than him right now because he's a couple years older than him, and he did actually run track at Georgia, so he has that training. But Arian ran a 10-300 meter coming out of high school. Anthony Evans was clocked at 10-2-7 in the 100 meter in Texas last year. That is flying. I don't know how many snaps he's going to see this year for a couple reasons. Number one, there's just a lot of guys ahead of him right now. And number two, he is a really small guy right now. Now that can be mitigated to a degree. I mean, smaller receivers have made more of an impact at, at all levels of football over the past couple of years. So I don't think that's as much of an issue. I mean, Ladd is a really small guy himself. The drops certainly have to be cleaned up. But I'll go back to the heat. Guys, it was like 7,000% humidity on Saturday. When I went running before the scrimmage Saturday morning, within 10 minutes, my socks were soaking wet. Like my feet were just sloshing around in water for the better part of an hour. And I run with an Apple watch. So when I come to a stoplight and the traffic's still going, I got to stop and wait for the, for the light to turn so I can go across the street. I press stop on my watch, but an Apple watch is a touchscreen device, right? Well, my fingers on Saturday were so soaking wet from the moisture and the humidity in the air that I could not stop my watch. It was just going. It just kept going and going. It screwed my time. I was pissed off. There was basically just so much water on my fingers that it was screwing with the touchscreen recognition. And that was like two and a half hours before the scrimmage. The scrimmage kicked off at like 1230. So I don't want to make excuses for our guys, but I really do think that factored into it. Hands were just wet. Let's just say that. I know some of them had gloves on, sure, but it was just, it was nasty out there. A lot of moisture in the air. But back to Evans. Again, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to make this year. That's why he's not like higher on my list. But he gives us something that not a lot of guys in our team can give us outside of maybe Arian Smith. And maybe to a little bit of a lesser degree, Dominic Lovett. Just that explosive track level speed. And to be perfectly honest, that kind of caught me by surprise. I knew how fast he was, but I wasn't expecting him to get open and make plays the way that he did because it was Yazid Haynes who I had been hearing the most about, even going back to like spring practice, the early parts of fall camp. And I think Haynes is going to be awesome. I think he's going to really factor into our return game, but it really does look like Anthony Evans is starting to come along. So just put that in the back of your mind for maybe a later date. Well, that pretty much covers it all from the first week of fall camp, but I also know there's a big five-star recruit making his announcement tomorrow. Williams Winery will be choosing between Georgia, Missouri, and Oklahoma tomorrow night. So what's your prediction? First off, I'm really proud of you for getting that pronunciation correct. Well done. Because it honestly, I mean, seriously, Charlie, it took me about like four months to actually figure out the real way to pronounce it. I kept trying to like listen for people and like actually saying it. I heard a bunch of different ways. But it's Winery, and you nailed that. Nothing a little Googling can't solve. You just Googled it, and you didn't hear anyone say it, and you got it right? Well, I mean, you had to find clips. I mean, it's not okay. rocket yeah. science. Yeah. Now, Charlie, here I am, trying to be nice. I know I'll give you a hard time to start the show. I'm trying to trying to get back in good graces and give you a compliment. And you're over here calling me an, an idiot. I never said idiot. No, but you gave me crap for sarcasm. Sarcasm, Charlie. What's that? Okay, fair enough. All right, so my prediction. Uh, he's going to go to Missouri, at least right now. He's going to commit to Missouri. That is my official prediction. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope this is one where I am wrong. 
And you know, with KJ Bolden, I told you guys before that commitment, I did predict Georgia, but I told you like it was razor thin, like 50.5% was like my my percentage predict, prediction on like how close it was. So I wasn't confident there. With Winery though, like it's not even, I'm just not even, even close to 50%. I would say it's more like 70, 30 Missouri right now. Well, he's from Missouri. Yes, he and is. And you can make NIL money in high school if you sign your letter yep. of intent to go to a Missouri school. And here's the thing, Charlie, you're exactly right. I've read up more on this. Initially, I, I thought it was what you just said. You had to sign your letter of intent. So I was like, wait a minute. So you, he's not going to officially sign his letter of intent until December. So how much time does he actually have to make money? But apparently, it doesn't have to be an official letter of intent. It's basically any signed statement of sorts that he's going to play at Missouri. And that can take a lot of different forms. So it doesn't have to be his official letter of intent that you'd normally sign on like the early signing period. So from my understanding, if he commits to Missouri on Monday, which again, I'm predicting right now he is going to do that, then I think it's like September 1st, he can start getting payments to play for Missouri. Now, here's the thing though, Charlie. Okay, so I know NIL is an absolute mess, right? NIL is, is out of control. It's crazy. It's like, it is just straight up paying players. It's it's not in the true spirit of what NIL is. It's fine. It's whatever. Like, it's just a mess. But there's also this, Charlie. You still technically cannot legally use NIL as an inducement to come to a school. So think about this scenario, Charlie. Let's say he does commit to Missouri and he gets this NIL money and he takes it for the for the football season, right? Well, then it's early signing day in December. What's going to stop him from flipping that commitment and keeping all that money? Well, I would hope he would not do that. Well, I mean, from an integrity standpoint, yes. From a Georgia Bulldog standpoint, I would hope he would do that. But I mean, I'm just saying like, you can't, because they, they cannot... With these NIL deals and the way the, the contracts are worded in the language, they cannot put any clause in any of these NIL deals that says that you have to ultimately end up playing for the, for the university or you have to get the money back. They can't do that because if they do that, then that means it's an inducement, a clear inducement to that they're giving this money to you expressly so that you will come play for this university and not actually using it for your name, image, and likeness, which is what they're trying to pretend they are doing, which is not at all what they're doing. But I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. That's how it's going to go down. I'm just saying it's possible. So just because he commits to Missouri, which I don't know for a fact that he will, but again, that's my prediction right now, that doesn't mean that he is ultimately going to end up signing with Missouri. I know that some of you think, because I've, I've gotten some questions from, from a lot of you out there about this, you know, this Missouri NIL thing, and I've read up more on it. But just because he commits to Missouri and he takes an NIL deal and gets that money as a high school student, which he cannot do in Georgia, that's the difference here. Like we can give NIL money, we just can't give NIL money to get to guys until they get to Georgia. With Missouri, the difference here is they are allowed to get money as a high school student if they live in Missouri and they commit to a school inside the state of Missouri. But the door is still gonna be left open because just because they give him the money does not mean that that's ultimately where he has to go. Now if he does commit to Missouri and starts taking money from them, I mean, yeah, there's a very strong likelihood that's ultimately where he's going to go. But I can promise you this, we are not going to stop recruiting him just like we have not stopped recruiting KJ Bolden. And look, the odds are that KJ Bolden's still gonna go to Florida State. And if Winery ends up committing to Missouri, the odds are he's still gonna go to Missouri. But Kirby has pulled some big time flips late in the process plenty of times in years past. And I wouldn't put it past him here again because the guy is not going to let go of these players. These are big time guys. You just don't stop recruiting them. And here's the thing with both those guys, Bolden and Winery. The families are split based on my understanding here. With Bolden, his mom wanted him to go to Florida State. His dad wanted Georgia. 
And with Winnery, it's a similar thing. I think dad wants Georgia, mom wants him to stay in state. And when families are split like that, what usually wins out now in the age of NIL is the money. That's usually what ultimately ends up winning out. And I'm not begrudging anyone for that. I'm not ripping them. I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to to take. I'm not saying that's the wrong route to go. But usually when it's kind of like a, a split family, they usually go with the money. That's kind of what the trend has been. So with that in mind, I do think Winnery is going to commit to Missouri. I hope I'm wrong. I really, really do. But like I said, like with, with Bolden, I, I wasn't confident at all, but I felt like there was a 50-50 shot there. With Winnery, I'm not even at 50-50. It's like 70-30 Missouri right now. But yeah, there it is. And we'll we'll mention it later this week, whatever happens, whatever way it goes. I mean, if he commits to Georgia and shocks the world and shocks me, then we'll do like a full episode on it. But right now, I'm anticipating Missouri. And if it is Missouri, we'll mention it in passing. I don't want to dive into it and, and make everyone even more upset about it. But uh, yeah, that's, that's coming up, I think, um, 7 o'clock maybe on Monday, sometime Monday night. But all right, guys, that's all we've got for you today. I know, again, like week one, there's not as much information coming out of camp because we aren't in pads that much the first week or so. We have had our first scrimmage, but next week we have a full week of pads. We'll have our second scrimmage, and we'll have even more content for you guys. We'll have more to recap, more information come out of fall camp, so make sure to check back then. But hey, in the meantime, we'll be back a couple more times this week. I'm going to have the Ole Miss Scouting the Enemy episode for you guys on Wednesday. This is what I'm actually really excited about because we don't play Ole Miss that often. I don't really get to scout them that much. I've spent a lot of time this summer scouting them out because, again, we don't play them very much. I'm not as familiar with them. I watch their games, but I don't watch them as closely as I do like Tennessee and Florida and Kentucky, those teams, because we play them every year. So I'm really excited to do this one. Give us kind of a little bit of a different team to break down and talk about. And then uh, hopefully... We'll have Curtis back on here at the end of the week. No promises. He's come back from his honeymoon. Just kind of depends if he's back and he's got his life in order and he's got the new married life figured out and the schedule figured out. But we're going to try. If we don't have him back by the end of this week, we'll have him back early next week. But uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff for you guys. Charlie, once again, thank you. It's amazing to have you back at the start of the podcast back once again. You're welcome. Glad I could assist. Yes, it's wonderful to have you back. So we'll have you back, um, I don't know, soon? Whenever you Whenever. need me. Whenever we need you. Okay, can I have that on record? The Can I get offer, that in writing? The offer stands. Because I feel like you like gaslight me here on the podcast when I bring this up. Because I don't, I don't remember all these offers that you make. You're lying. I don't. Am I? Do you need text receipts? Yeah, I, I actually probably do. Okay. Well, I mean, you've offered like here and there. It's not my fault if you if I tell you that I'm available. But again, and then you I'm, don't I'm just trying to be me. a great guy and let you live your life and enjoy your life in the summer. Well, then that's on you. It is on me. It's my fault. It is my fault. You just started the podcast, Charlie. I know. I'm just trying to give you a break. But I guess break time is over. And we're going to have you back here on a, on a pretty regular basis over the next couple of months. So that's exciting stuff. It's awesome. But all right, that does officially do it for today here on the Glory UJ Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank you for supporting the podcast. If you haven't yet, please make sure to check out our YouTube channel. I've got a new video that I'm working on. Actually, as soon as I get this episode done and uploaded, I'll be getting back on that latest video where I'm kind of breaking down the freshmen I think have a chance to make the biggest impact this season for the Georgia Bulldogs. So check that out. Please like, please subscribe. I sincerely appreciate it. But for Charlie, I'm Tyler, and as always, go dogs.